So uh, I got a lot of things I want to share with you this morning, a couple of things I need to say before we get started. But, you know, I was, I, I, I just tell y'all, okay, <clears throat> I mean, how do I put this? I'm trying to put this in a way that they won't chop me off as soon as I'm talking. But, uh, okay, so, you know, if you go, if you look in the world today and you see everything going on, it to me it's like, it's like if you've ever been to a concert, and you know, you, you, you go to the, if you show up late to the concert or the band's already out there playing, well, you don't see anything really that happened or took place before. And before that, they ever, the singer ever got up there to sing, there's these guys called the roadies, you know? And they go out there, and their job is to set all this up. Tons and tons of wire, tons and tons of, you know, equipment and, and all this stuff. It's all got to get hooked up, right? To make the singer look good. And the more elaborate the show is, the more they got to do, right? And all that stuff takes place before the show takes place, right? Okay, so when I'm looking at the world today, I'm seeing it like that. That, that, that right now, the roadies are working to orchestrate in the world what is set up to be, to me, the end of the world. All right? It's set up to be the, the, the world coming to a place. Because the next event, folks, I'm just telling you all. I, 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 this is no prophecy. I am not, yay, hey, prophesying to you. I'm just telling you, I know what my Bible says. And if you read the Bible, it says the next event to take place on the face of this earth is the tribulations coming. Okay? It's the next event. There's, there's no other way around it. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I can see the roadies setting it up. Do you hear what I'm saying? Am I making sense to you? all looking at me kind of like crazy. I can see the stage being set for the show that's to come. And that's what the Bible says, that's the next one to come. And so all kinds of craziness are going on in the world. I heard one this week, I have not verified this, but I thought it was worth throwing out, uh, that, that uh, companies are buying up all of Christian books and the, the rights to print Christian books because everything went digital. And so they're buying up saying, oh, we'll take care of the books, but then they have the rights to it. So then when they have the rights to it, they can stop it from being published and put out whatever they want and whatever's out there, pastors that are written great books and stuff like that that would teach you the word of God and faith can't, won't be published anymore. And so one of the things they said was is one of the things in jeopardy is the Bible because the Bible went digital. We all have our phones. We've got our Bibles right here now. And so it's digital and it's just click of a button. It's not there anymore. And they were encouraging people, everyone, to make sure you own a Bible. You know? Because, I mean, it is convenient. I'll be honest with you. I use electronics. I use my digital stuff because it's easier for me to do. I read my Bible every day because I like to read. I like to touch the pages. I like the feel of a book. But I do most of my sermon gathering and all that kind of stuff on digital. And so they were encouraging everybody, make sure you own a Bible. Don't just have been a person who grows up in the generations and just... Always just did that. And so I just walked in the bookstore after going to tell you all this. They have these new. Now, this is a Bible. This is a New Testament. But it's all bound like this, uh, ring bound. And it's like a study Bible. You can go through here, and you got big margins on the side to write on it and stuff like that. And I thought, now, that is just pretty smart. Because now you've got something you can write on and study and look at. So if you don't have a Bible and you need a Bible, they're in the bookstore Miss Keith has got them in there. They're all lined up in there, and so you can pick up. They got butterflies. I had to find this one because I said, I'm not going to stand up there. There's one of butterflies on it. This is kind of neutral. And there's a black one in there. I'll have to fight for it. 
But anyway, in my first Bible I got, I had to have a black Bible because I thought all Bibles had to be black. But it doesn't really make any difference. It's the word on the inside. Amen? So just a few things going on, a little craziness in the world. You know, we had another shooting this morning. I don't know if you saw that on the news, but in Allen, Texas, there was another shooting. Uh, nine people were killed, so we need to be praying for them. And, and the craziness going on in the world where a person will just do something like that. Uh, it's not the fault of the gun. It's the fault of the crazy person behind it, you know. And we've got to see what's wrong with the world. And the world's sick, and the world's got some problems. But I'm here today to tell you some good news. I'm happy to preach this message this morning. I was up at 5 o'clock this morning watching it thunder, thinking it was going to rain on me, and uh, it didn't. But uh, I was so excited this morning to preach this message to you. Now, you're gonna, you, some of you may say, oh, I've heard this before, but that's okay. You're going to listen to it again. <clears throat> and I'm telling you, you've got to get this down. What I'm preaching to you this morning, it's just fact-based Christianity 101, but I'm going to preach you happy. If you'll listen to me, you'll take notes. I guarantee I can preach you happy, and I can help you get out of the craziness that's going on in the world, all right? So uh, get your Bibles out. Go to Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. The title of this message is A God of Covenant. You have to understand something. You're not going to understand the Bible. You're not going to understand God if you do not understand that God is a God of covenant. When God says something, then he's going to do it. He, he understands covenant. He's not going to give you a promise. He's not going to say something to you, but then he's not going to fulfill his part of it. That's impossible. God would, would cease to exist because he'd be lying to you if he told you something and then he didn't have any intentions of fulfilling it. Hello? The problem with us is we get beat down because we're used to, we think contracts. And so a contract, you can go in there and somebody can say, oh, I want to buy your house and put a contract out on your house and then turn around and not buy it because they get out of it somehow. God doesn't do that. God is a God of covenant. When God says yes, then he means yes and there's no turning back. Hello? Now, a covenant takes two people. All right? So we're on one side of the covenant. God's on the other. And God's going to fulfill his part, but are we going to fulfill our part? You can pray all day long, God, put my marriage together, put my marriage together. Oh, God, I want you to touch my wife, touch my wife, let, let love flow in our house. And then speak out of your mouth and be ugly to her, and that prayer can't be answered. God wants to fulfill it on his side because he's a God of covenant. He says, man, I'll work. I'll do it. I'll bless you. I'll answer that prayer. But you got to do something on your side. Hello? Okay. So the very first covenant we see here, we call it the Abrahamic Covenant. Abraham, the covenant, Abrahamic Covenant, okay? And it said, find it in Genesis 12, 1. It says, now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country and from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. This is what God's saying he's going to do. He said, I will bless you. How big a blessing, how big of a blesser could God Almighty be? It'd be infinite, right? There'd be nothing that he couldn't do if God says, I will bless you. He's not going to say, man, I'm running short this month, Robert. I can't quite help you. Right? I will bless you. and I'll make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. So he's going to bless you so much that you become a blessing. And I'll bless those who bless you. So he's going to set Abraham up. He says, and I'm going to bless you. And you're going to be so blessed, you're going to bless others. And when people bless you, then I'm going to bless them. But he said, look, if somebody curses you, well, then they're in trouble because I'm going to curse them. 
And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Okay? Now, Abraham at this point, he was 75 years old and he had a choice. Was he going to obey God or not? I was hearing an argument the other day. I was watching a, a video and uh, I was watching an argument of a guy who was, he was an atheist and he was saying there cannot be a God because if there is a God, most religions say God is going to be absolutely good. And if God is absolutely good, then why in the world is there, you know, hurricanes and typhoons that kill people and do all this? And this is the argument he was making that God could not be a good God if he lets these things happen. And the first thing that came to my mind when I said, I said, you know, we always get that wrong because we always say God is absolutely good. But really, the truth of the matter is God is absolutely righteous. There's a difference. Good mean you could, you could be good to your kids and spoil them rotten and they could end up being rats. Right? Because you were, you were, I was always good to you, but you spoiled them rotten. No, God's righteous. God is always a righteous God. And they always, they always take out the element of man and man having a free will and man making a choice. People say, I don't know why I had this car wreck. Well, you were driving 120 on the wrong side of the road. And it's God's fault that you had a wreck. Okay, so... What I'm saying is people don't look at things. you got to understand something. God, when he spoke to Abraham, he said, this is what I'm going to do. But then Abraham had to make a choice to do it. So God didn't just say, I'm going to bless you no matter what you do. He said, no, I'm going to bless you if you leave your father's house, if you go into the land that I've said, if you look to me as your God. You follow me? But you got to understand God's side of it. God absolutely on his side of it was poised 100% to bless Abraham. And nothing could stop it. Do you see that? I want you to understand when I finish this message today, when you all line up in here and come have communion, I want you all to have a smile on your face. I want you all to be so happy to come and have communion when I'm through with this message today because you realize The God who created the heavens and the earth and all therein is wanting to bless you today. He is poised to love you. He is poised to give you grace. He is poised no matter what happens. You go outside and your tire's flat. You just got to stop and say, well, God, you're for me. I may be having to walk this tribulation, but all of heaven is right now for me. The world out there today, we don't feel like we got anybody for us. Hello? But I'm telling you, you got to understand, you got to get this revelation. God is for you. He wants to bless you. He wants to move in your life. He is always poised because he's a God of covenant to say, I want to bless you. But what are we going to do about it? So Abraham, you know the story, he leaves. He goes out and what happens? He gets blessed. Says actually he became rich in cattle, gold, and silver. Had him an army, went with him. His own people, 388 trained servants went with him. Abraham became a, 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 an amazing figure over the land, and, and everybody respected him, okay, because God was with him. Okay, so then we got a next one, okay? We got Moses. So, I mean, let's just, let me just, you know, take a couple of thousand years of history, cut it really short. So you got Abraham, he does his deal and goes through, and they got all the kids and the kids and this and then fighting and this one and everything, you know, and then all of a sudden, man, they're in bondage, they're in Egypt, they're all slaves, God, what does he want to do? He still wants to fulfill his covenant with Abraham. He still wants to bless with what Abraham, even though all the kids have turned, all their bodies turned and gone, nobody's serving God, nobody's doing nothing. So Moses come walking out there. He's out in the desert because he killed somebody. Have y'all ever thought about how many murderers we have in the Bible that we follow? 
Moses was a murderer. The apostle Paul was a murderer. Wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. We, we love to read him and get inspiration from everything that he says. And God speaks to us, right? He's a murderer. Moses was a murderer. And he's walking along out in, the, out in the wilderness, finds a bush that's burning. God speaks to him. Gives him all this stuff, right? So, I mean, y'all, y'all just have to go read it all. Okay? I, can't, I can't preach. I'll be here for all day. So just think about it. So then here's Moses. He gets blessed. He gets, God, he gets going with God. He's always got a problem, always complained about everything. Ends up kind of getting it together. Goes up on the mountain, comes down with the Ten Commandments, breaks those Ten Commandments, has to go get ten more. Right? Got his brother Aaron, supposed to be the spokesperson for me, you know, and he's about as sorry as they come because, you know, as soon as Moses hadn't even got back down and, you know, been 30 days and he hadn't gotten down, and so he takes a bunch of gold, throws it in the fire, tells Moses a calf come out of it. What? Just throw the gold earrings in the pan and a calf come out. What are you talking about? You made it, fool. So anyway, all the people rebel, everything goes on right, but God gives Moses a covenant. It got known as the law. It became bondage. It became religious. But I want you to hear, I want you to go to Leviticus chapter 26, verse 3. I want to read out of Leviticus here, just a portion of the covenant, the promise. 26.3. Now just listen to this. This is Old Testament covenant out of the Mosaic law, of the Mosaic covenant. All right? A little more detailed than I'll bless you that he gave Abraham. He says, if you walk in my statutes and you keep my commandments and perform them, then I will give you rain in its season. The land shall yield its produce. The trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall uh, last till the time of vintage, and the vintage shall last until the time of sowing. You shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely, and I will give you peace in the land, and you shall lie down, and none will make you afraid. I will rid the land of evil beasts. And the sword shall not go through your land. You will chase your enemies, and they shall fall by the sword before you. Five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you will chase ten thousand to fight. Your enemies shall fall by the sword before you, for I will look on you favorably and make you fruitful, multiply you, and confirm my covenant with you. And you shall eat the old harvest and clear out the old because of the new. And I will set my tabernacle among you. My soul shall not adore you. I will walk among you and be your God, and you shall be my people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, that you should not be their slaves. I have broken the bonds of your yoke and made you walk in uprightness. Now, folks, that sounds pretty good deal, doesn't it? I mean, would you take that deal? I mean, it basically says everything you do is going to prosper. You're going to have all your harvest is going to be good. Everything's going to be good. Man, you're going to have it. Man, ain't nobody going to be messing with you. You don't have to worry about being afraid. You don't have to worry that, you know, the feds are coming. You don't have to worry you got the wrong barrel on your rifle, right? Everything's okay. Who's out there? I mean, listen to me. I, I just got to say this. This is kind of crazy, but I just got to say it. You know, used to, when I, when I grew up, when I grew up, there was a lot of, lot of illegal traffic through here, Okay. And we grew up, and it was all the time. The dog was barking. There was more than likely somebody outside. They just wanted food. Everything was no big deal. It was all simple, and, and it was a common deal. Nowadays, if the dog barks, the first thing I think of is this is the feds out there. Somebody's out to get me. I'm sorry. My mind has so changed. I just, I, it's the government. Am I just the only one crazy like this? I mean, does, can I just have a little amen or a little something that somebody says, yeah, you're, yeah, you're kind of right, you know? 
<laughs> I shouldn't have said that. But I'm just saying, the world's changed, right? And so now I don't know who to trust. They may be after me because I'm a pastor or after me because I have a federal firearms license. All right, I'll be quiet. Anywho, <clears throat> that's a good covenant. That's a good deal. You don't have to worry about anything. God's with you. That's the old covenant. All right, but now let me read another one to you. Jeremiah 31, 31. Easy to remember, 31, 31. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. Now, he's saying this after he's already made the covenant with Moses. So he said, I got one more coming. We had Abraham, we had Moses, but I got a new covenant coming. With the house of Israel, with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. So he's talking about Moses, right? The Mosaic covenant. He says, not that covenant. But I'm telling you, that covenant looked good. And he says, my covenant, which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law into their minds and write it into their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. In other words, God says, i got to make a new covenant here because that covenant they broke, they broke it. I wanted to be a husband to them. I wanted to love them. I wanted to fulfill my part of the covenant, but they broke it. They did it, not me. They did it. Couldn't walk in it. But I'm going to have a new covenant coming. It's going to be by the Spirit. It's going to be in their hearts and in their minds. And I'm going to be their God, and they're going to be my people. In other words, there's a connection, a spiritual connection. Not flesh trying to handle spirit, but spirit to spirit. All right? Go to Hebrews 8.6. This is all the introductory to where I'm trying to get to. I'm just telling you. I'm just giving you this. You need to write it down. You need to know this, forwards and backwards. But I'm just trying to get to where I want to preach. Hebrews 8, 6 says, But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry. He's talking about Jesus. Inasmuch as he also is a mediator of a better covenant, which is established on better promises. So the covenant that Jesus came to bring us, he says it's better than the old one. Well, I'm telling you, the old one looks pretty, pretty good. Right? <clears throat> looks pretty good. But God says, no, I want this new covenant to come in. It's going to be by the Spirit to where you should know if you're born again and you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you should know that God is for you. The words shouldn't come out of your mouth, oh God, why are you trying to do this to me? Because you should know in your heart and in your mind and in your spirit that God is for you, that he has a covenant for you, that he wants to pour himself on you, he wants to bless you. Now go to Galatians 3.13. Galatians 3.13. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for his written curse is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham, what now? The blessings of Abraham? What are we talking about? Oh, we skipped past in this new covenant. We skipped and jumped all the way back to what God did to Abraham, which was what? Simple. I'm going to bless you. Not a lot of specifications. Terms of the covenant, I will bless you. Wow. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. You will be a blessing to many. That's it. He says here that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. That's us. In Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And I preached that message a long time ago, about the, the, the Holy Spirit on the inside of us is the promise of the Spirit. That's, a, that's the showing us the Holy Spirit in our life. is showing us that we're walking in the blessings of Abraham, okay? 
But I just want you all to understand covenant. Do you see this? God spoke it to Abraham. They blew it. Got Moses in there. Gave him a good, juicy, good, juicy promise. Good one. They blew it. Hello? Then God says, Jeremiah, I'm going to bring a covenant, but this time I'm going to put it in their hearts and in their minds that God's for me. So then Jesus comes in. He brings it all about. And he brings the covenant about it. He makes it happen. The covenant between God and I. Now, this is the craziness of the covenant we have with Jesus. The covenant is I want to come in you and I want to bless you and I want to put my, my spirit in you. And I'm going to put, make your heart open to where your heart can, can understand and your mind can understand and you can walk with me. And no matter how many times you mess up, I'm giving you grace because you're in Jesus. Old Testament, they messed up. Man, they had to go through a whole series of, of things that they had to do to get themselves back right. New covenant with Jesus, we have grace. So we mess up. And we say, hey, Father, I'm sorry. I messed up. He says, okay, keep trying. The whole time he's still set to bless you. See, this world right now is not wanting to bless you. I'm telling you this that right now. You may know this or you may not. But right now in the world today, the world today. There's more Christian persecution than there was in the times of Jesus. There are more Christians dying for their faith in the world today than at any other time since Jesus. I don't know if you know that, but that's true. Those are true figures. And other countries are killing people just to having to stand up and say, well, we're a Christian. See us, people here in the United States, we're still arguing about what denomination are you? You know, and they ain't hurting out and killing Baptists and killing Methodists, killing non-denominational people, right? They're Pentecostal. Shoot them. They're all, you know, no, no, no. In the world, it's just if you're a Christian. They don't care what you are, what your denomination is. If you claim and profess to be a Christian, you are being killed. Persecution on Christianity is stronger today than it's ever been any time since Jesus. Now, that seems hard to understand when Nero used to, on Sunday, feed Christians to the lions just to have some entertainment. And we don't hear anything about it. Oh, imagine that. Because they don't want you to hear anything about it. Folks, I'm telling you, the world right now and the world stage is trying to manipulate us to believe what they want us to believe, or at least to hinder us from getting the information so that we can't make a reasonable decision. If you don't think that's happening, I'm telling you, you're an ostrich. You have stuck your head in the sand, and you're not looking. There are things poised. The roadies are setting it up for the stage to be set. And you're in the sights. And you're not going to make it unless you understand revelation like I'm talking to you about today, that you can stand up and say, he can do whatever you want to, buddy. God has got me. I am in covenant with Almighty God. And Almighty God is going to say, you take something away from me, he's going to bless me back with it more. This is how we have to be poised for this end fight that we're in. And no longer can Christians just be pew sitters. We can't do it. If you do, you're going to just get run over, fed to the lions. Okay. So this covenant, this new covenant is so powerful. In Hebrews 6.13, God said, I'm going to make this covenant. And it's going to be so powerful that I'm going to swear to myself that I'll do it. So you have God backing up God. To promise you that it's going to happen. Okay? You can just go look that up. i got to move on. So, 
I, I t- y'all knew I took off. My, my wife and I went off a couple of weeks ago, and we were blessed. Somebody gave us a free trip, and I always like free. And, uh, and it was in an all-inclusive resort, and so we went, and, and I really liked that. You know, it was all-inclusive. You didn't have to pay anything, you know, whatever. You just go around. And so I found myself, though. Listen to me. I found myself. They had a nice steakhouse there, and so we got into it, and we went one night. And, you know, we're sitting there, and you get the menu out, and there's all these things on here, you know, ribeyes, all this stuff is on there. And I, I'll be honest with y'all, I, I love to give money away, okay? I love to be a blessing. I love to bless people and give and give and give, but I'm a tightwad when it comes to me. And I will measure my steak by looking at the cook and seeing, do you think that guy could cook a steak? And how much are they charging for me for this? And if they can't cook one better than I do, well, then I'll eat something less expensive because I don't think they can give me the meat that I want. I'm sorry. This is the way I think. So I'm sitting down, and I'm in this restaurant, and I start looking around, and I start realizing I'm looking at the menu, choosing what I'm going to get based on what I would pay for it. And then all of a sudden, I thought, wait a minute. Stupid, it's all free. Anything I want. I could get two of those if I wanted you know, what are they going to say? I, I just want, I want four ribeyes, nothing else. You know, I didn't want to push my luck, but, but literally I realized I was looking at the menu, looking at it, thinking about price. When then all of a sudden I had to stop and say, wait a minute. It's all the same price on here. It's free. Now, it's not really because that was paid for by somebody, but to me, it was free. Hello? And right there, man, the Holy Ghost hit me. I was like, oh, my is that what you've done for us, Lord? We're sitting here looking at the menu still based on the, what the menu is the promises of God. And we're looking up. So I think maybe I could believe God for that one. It's a small one. You know, it's just like, you know, got a pimple over here on the side of my face. I think he might could get rid of it, you know. When the whole time is God saying, I, I already paid for it all. Jesus paid for it all on the cross. Everything you need is paid for in this new covenant but will you take it? It was so bad we got through ordering. We ate our meal, and the, 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 the waiter comes over there and said, oh, would you like dessert? And, and we said, no, you know, we're, 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 we don't want any dessert. I was thinking about it because I didn't really want to be tempted with the sugar. And uh, he's like, he just looked at us like, you can see on his mind, it's free. And he said, y'all just wait a minute. He goes back there, and he brings a, a, three of all the desserts and gives them to us. And then I said, man, wasn't that nice of him? And I thought, what am I talking about? It's all free. The same thing. It was no difference. If I asked him for it, I had the right to get it. But the feeling I had on the inside of me was like, oh, I've imposed, you know, oh, that's too much. Are y'all with me? We get conditioned like that. And I'm talking about ordering food, but I'm talking about in this world, we get conditioned to where what the world's pushing us for, we hold back. And we don't believe God and we don't trust God and we don't walk in his covenant like we should. Because what we're doing is we're holding back because we think somehow or another we have to put forth some effort in this when all we really have to do is look to what Jesus bought and paid for and by faith enter into it. All right. <clears throat> that was all the introduction. He said, Lord, is this guy ever going to stop talking? Oh, I got plenty of time. Now go to Mark chapter 4 verse 13. I'm going to go back to the parable of the sower. And I want to show you something here. How the parable of the sower fits into what I've talked to you this morning about covenant. We're going to, we're going to look at the parable of the sower. We're going to look at how it works in your life. Because this covenant, 
that I've told you about, it's yours. It's all free. Jesus paid for it on the cross. But verse 13 starts a parable of the sower. And he said, he said unto them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Okay, so Jesus said, you got to understand this one or you're not going to understand the others. The sower sows the word. Everybody say the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their heart. Okay, so take me back to the restaurant, and I'm sitting in there looking at the free menu. Nowhere on there did it say, everything on there says free, Robert. Y'all with me? I was just reading it. Looked like any other menu at any other restaurant. So what if I would have had, what if my waiter, what if he would have wanted to sow some, something in me? Because, you see, I wasn't real sure about everything. And so what if he just said, oh, well, sir, uh, the ribeyes, they're extra. I just said, oh, really? Because I don't know. I've not been at this resort. I've never been at an all-inclusive place like this. I don't know how it works. I'm just, I'm just along for the ride. I didn't check anything out. Nobody gave me a brochure. I didn't, feel, I didn't get all the details. I just told, look, you can go and be blessed. And it's all paid for. I would have probably been talked out of it pretty easy and said okay bring me a ham sandwich Lisa fill me up now if there would have been somebody there said sir what are you doing that's not right it's all free and I said really it is somebody had to teach me that's what I'm trying to do to you this morning I'm trying to tell you that the devil is coming and always wanting to convince you that that promise is not really yours or you don't really deserve it or you don't really have a right to it, or that covenant isn't really going to work for you because you did this or you did that. He's always coming in. He's always trying to lie to you so he can steal the word and you don't order it when the whole time it's free to you. This is good. I'm making myself happy. Now, see, as you were learned more, I would have said to the guy, if he said that, that's, I said, whoa, ain't nothing saying on here. You got it on the menu. Uh, we already paid. This is all inclusive. Here's the band, wristband right there. Check it out, bud. You shut up and get back and get me a steak and bring it up here and don't cook it wrong. See, I'd have had the confidence to say something like that, right? He said, oh, pastor, that's so ugly. No, I mean, I'm just, that's what I would have thought. I don't know if I'd have said it, but that's what I would have thought. Are you with me? See, when you have knowledge of the word of God and what's yours, well, then you can't be talked out of it. Then you'll stand up boldly to the devil and say, you're a liar. Get out of here, punk. Who do you think you are talking to me like that? You don't even have the right to come up to my table. Get out of here. Now, what was funny was, oh, here, let me just read on, and then I'll, get, I'll, I'll add to that. And so he says, he takes it out of their heart immediately. Oh, out of their heart. Wow, isn't that funny that back there in Jeremiah 31 that I read to you, 31, 31, that didn't God say he wanted to make a covenant that was going to deal with your heart? Oh, so the word was going to get sown in your heart so this new covenant has to do with the word in your heart making things come to pass so the devil says i gotta take it i gotta steal that word out of their heart i gotta get that thing out of there if that word gets in their heart that's the way this covenant works this new covenant works with jesus if it gets in their heart well then they're going to believe it it's going to be true and then they're going to walk in it i gotta get that word out of their heart i gotta steal it from them these are likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, but they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. 
Now, you see, if the waiter would have said to me, <clears throat> no, so the, that ribeye's extra. And I said, oh, really? And then somebody came over to me and said, no, that's not right. It's really yours. And then I wasn't real sure. And I said, well, that's, that's included, isn't it? And he said, no, it's not. And the person over there said, yes, it is. And then I had to make a decision. Who's right and who's wrong? Is the person telling me wrong? Or is the waiter who's telling me wrong? So we're going through these mind games all the time. The devil's coming into our heads, and he's speaking into our heads and into our thoughts. He's trying to play these mind games on us, and this one's pulling us this way, and this one's pulling us this way, and, and this one's going this way, and, and we're trying to make those decisions. And so what happens? Tri tribulation or persecution comes, and, it, and what happens? We begin to get that word again. It, gets, it doesn't get sown in our heart. Are you all with me? He says, now these are the ones sown on thorns, and they are the ones who hear the word, the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for the things enter in, choke out the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Now, <clears throat> so the word got in there, but it, there is no way to bear any fruit because it says that, 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 that these other desires and other things come in and begin to choke out the word. Now, what's funny about this is so, so you know, when, when you're ordering, drinks are free too. And so I, I'm, in, I'm in Mexico that produces Topo Chico's. If you've never drank a Topo Chico, I love Topo Chico's. I drink Topo Chico's all the time. And so I'm in Mexico. Why would there not be a Topo Chico? And so I tell the guy, I, I, bring me a Topo Chico, please. And he's like, we, we don't have any. I'm like, what? How could it be? I mean, this is like sacrilege that you do not have a Topo Chico here at the restaurant. And so he says, we have Perrier. And I'm like, Perrier, man, I don't want to drink Perrier. Always makes me think I'm doing something for the French or something, you know. And so, so I said, I said, okay. And he says, but it's extra. You have to purchase it. So I thought to myself, I said, well, I didn't pay for the meal. I said, try to don't out here. I said, how much you want for it? He said, $6. I said, I'll give you $6 for it. It was a big bottle. And so... What, what happened, I, boldness came on me then. It's like, you want some money? I got some money. Here. Ain't paid for nothing this whole thing. I got cash. Ain't scaring me, acting like, my gosh, whole trip's ruined over $6. See, the chairs of the world and the tribulations come in. They want to enter in and choke out the word. They want to make it seem like it's an impossibility, like, oh, God can't pull this off. This can't happen. No way. This is too big. Oh, my goodness. What happens about this? And, oh, what are they going to do here? And what are they going to do there? And all of this hoopla is doing nothing but trying to steal the word out of your heart because the promise is already yours. The covenant is already there. Jesus has already paid the price, and he's trying to steal it from you so you won't walk in it. And then the last one, what does it say here? Those are the ones sown on good ground who's they hear the word, they accept it, they bear fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. Right? Why? Because they let the word get down their heart. That's got to be you. It's got to be you now in this day, in this time, in this hour. Listen, quit, quit worrying about whatever's happening and about this situation and that situation that's going on in the world. Just get your heart focused and set on your covenant with Jesus and what he's bought and paid for you for so you can get rooted and grounded and be strong. Now, let me give you this last scripture. Yeah, maybe two more. <clears throat> Second Corinthians 10, 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty in God. For the pulling down of strongholds, for the casting down of arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This is what our job is. This is what we have to do in order to walk in this covenant. 
And what's getting you in anxiety, what's getting you in fear, what's keeping all this going on in your life and turmoil in you is you're not controlling the thoughts that are going through your head. You're allowing worry to come on. You're allowing this to happen to you because that's what's going on and buzzing in your head. You're not looking to your covenant with God Almighty. We need to quit asking and quit. We need to quit asking the question to God. Why God? Why God? Why is this happening? What's going on? Why are they doing this? Man, just start talking about what your covenant is with God and asking what he wants you to do. Now, one last scripture here. 2 Corinthians 10, 7 says, Do not look at the things according to the outward appearance. If anyone is convinced, convinced in himself that he is Christ, let him again consider this in himself, that just as he is Christ, even so are we. We can't be looking at the outward things, folks. You're going to get discouraged if, you know, if this didn't happen or that didn't happen. And you're depending on man to do it for you. You're going to get discouraged. Quit looking at the outward appearance of things. I'm just telling you the world is being set up right now to bring forth the tribulation. How long is it going to take? I don't know. I do not know. What's going to happen? I mean, they're screaming at us all the time of everything, and I laugh about it. They're going to do digital currency. Digital currency, nobody can buy or sell if you don't have it. I'm like, boy, that's biblical. Why don't you just tattoo 666 across everything? I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, it's unbelievable how many events are taking place in the world right now that are fulfilling biblical prophecy and things that are going on. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Folks, everything going on in Russia right now, everything taking place over there, all that's going on in the Middle East, it's all lining up with Scripture. Okay? I don't know how long it's going to take. I do not know how long it's going to take. It could be tomorrow. It could be 20 years. But I'm just telling you, the, the stage is getting set. Okay? But the good news is God is always working on your behalf. You have this covenant. God's working on your behalf. Okay, uh, you got that? Okay, now, so listen, I got pre- to preface this before I show it to you because I don't know if they're going to cut me off or whatever. But... Uh, I got a video here I want to show you because I talked to y'all, remember two weeks ago about your hootie? Little hootie goes in there. Y'all remember that message? Everybody loved that message, okay? <clears throat> and so I couldn't explain this, but, but, but to explain just a little bit of it, there's a protein that these are things that take place in your body that you don't even know happens, all right? And there is a protein in your body that its job is to attach itself onto endorphins and follow a, 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 a chain up your, in your cells to bring this endorphin to be able to let that endorphin go into your brain or wherever it needs to be, but to bring, bring happiness. This happens, whether you know it or not, all right? You're, you're, it's these, God has made you so unbelievably intricate and, and technical, and there's this stuff going on. I'm just telling you, God is always for you. And when you don't see things going on, but they'll show you this video. And when you see this, I'm telling you, this is an animated, this is not an actual video. This is an animation produced by scientists who say this is what's happening with this endorphin, I mean, this, this, this protein bringing this endorphin to you. So play it. This is what it looks like. The ball it's dragging is the endorphin. This is literally taking place in your body as we speak. This thing is dragging this protein, is dragging this endorphin, and it's walking itself just like that to drag it to the spot to bring you happiness. Would any of y'all believe that that's taking place in your body unless I showed you that? 
There's no way. When I saw that, I thought, no way. And I researched it, and it literally is truth. Okay, now it probably does it faster, but that's what it looks like. You got a little hootie dragging upon this little happy ball to your head, working at all times, and God's just saying, let me loose the hooties in your life, and let me just bring it over there and drop it in there. Do, 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 do. And we're over here chewing our fingernails saying, oh, it's going to go bad. And God said, let me just send the hooties and I'll get them up there. Make you happy. Look at the covenant. Look at the promises. Look what I have for you. Amen? Amen. So, folks, listen to me. God is amazing. And he has amazing, amazing things he wants to do in your life. God wants to bless you. And I'm telling you, you don't want to be on the other end of what's coming. If you're out there and you're listening, you're watching right now, listen to me. We're about to have communion. The, as far as I, I am concerned, the most holy event that Christians can do is to have communion with God. I believe in miracles. This is not a ritual. This is not something we just go through. I truly believe that when you come up here this morning and you take communion, that the power of, of the living God because that you're in covenant with will touch you and bless you here as you come forward and give your heart to Jesus and whatever you want, whatever you need is available to you. It can be the most powerful thing on the face of the earth. Amen? If we use it. But if you're out there and you're watching or you're in here and, you're, and, and, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You see, the Bible says that the only thing that we can ever do wrong in communion is coming up and taking communion if we're not really right with God. He's not happy with that. And so I want to make sure that you're all right with God and you know inside of your heart that you're right with God. You know right now that if you died, you'd go to heaven because that's what it's all about. Eternal life. Jesus paid the price. He went to the cross for each and every one of us. He paid the price for you and for me, for all of our sins. But there's one thing that we have to do. We have to look at Jesus and say, Jesus, I want you in my life. We have to take hold of that covenant, take hold of that promise, take hold of the revelation of what Jesus did for us. And when we do, then that Jeremiah 31, 31 takes place. Your spirit, your heart's born again. And the Spirit of God cuts covenant with you, and it's down on the inside of you. It's not something you're trying to work out of your head. You don't have to try to be good after that. It just starts to flow out of you. You just are good. Perfect? No, no. Not perfect. We all got to get over that. Amen? So if you're in here today and you're not sure, the Bible's really smart. It's really easy. All it says is all you have to do is confess with your mouth, Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. That's it. No hoops to jump through. No anything like that to take place. And so this is what I want to do. Uh, matter of fact, let me have my, my, my team that's going to help me uh, serve here. Come on down. If you're not sure that you're right with Jesus, well, in just a moment, they're all going to be standing up here. And so when you come up to take communion, you need to come up to one of these people. You need to just say, I want you to pray with me. And they'll pray with you. And you can know Jesus. If you're out there watching, listen to me. Wherever you are, if you'll just call upon the name of Jesus, the Bible said you will be saved. So right where you are, just say, Jesus, come into my life. I want you to save me. I want your blood to wash me and forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are the Son of God. I want to be in this covenant. And he'll touch you right where you are. He'll touch you right where you are. Amen? So, uh, Lord, come up and just play for me, please. And uh, 
Get your hearts prepared. Start thanking God. You've got a little hootie floating around in your system. Made a covenant through Jesus. Just get your hearts prepared so that as we come up and take communion, God can move and do miracles. Amen? So the Bible tells us that Jesus took bread, and when he blessed it, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, now take and eat, for this is my body, which is broken for you. So, Lord, we thank you for this bread that you gave us to represent your body. That, Lord God, that your body was broken on the cross so that we could be whole. And, Lord, I thank you for healing people today and touching people today and ministering to people today, literally in their physical bodies. Lord, and then you, you took the cup. And he said, this cup's a new covenant. Pour it out in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Drink it in remembrance of me. So, Lord, we thank you for this new covenant you gave us. A covenant poured out in your blood that forgives us of our sins, washes and cleanses us, and gives us grace to walk in, Lord. Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Okay, church, come on now. And receive whatever you need from the Lord today. Well, praise God. Stand to your feet, church. Well, are you happy? Well, I did my job then. I'm just telling you, God is so good. Listen to me. There is one thing I will declare, and I will prophesy to you, that no matter how dark the world gets, God with you is going to get brighter and brighter. Folks, I'm telling you, we're going up. We ain't going down. We are the head and not the tail. And for cowboys, that means a big, whole bunch of lot, man. We are the head. We are not the tail. They ain't throwing me off, bless God. Amen? So just remember, every time you think, things are looking bad, think about the little hootie. If you need to tell God to send a little hooties, a little more needing more hooties today, Lord, send them little hooties up there and make it happy in my head. Then he'll do it. Amen? So let me pray for you. Father, I just declare today, we thank you for our covenant with you, O God. We thank you, Lord, that you gave us a principle to sow in the word. Get the word in our hearts so that we can walk in victory with you. So, Lord, I pray over everyone today that as we leave this building, I declare the devil is not going to steal an ounce today. Because everyone is on track. They're sharp. They see it coming. And they stop it. And I declare, Lord, we're going to be fruitful Christians. We're going to abound. We're going to go forth and shine as bright lights in this world because that's what you want us to do. I believe you for an increase of signs, wonders, and miracles on this earth, Lord. I believe you for an increase of the power and the presence of God in every one of our lives. That we're going to go forth and we're going to walk in this covenant that you bought and paid for, Jesus. And we declare that we are blessed. We thank you for it, Lord. So, Lord, this week, bless them. Let them see your hand moving in every area of their life. Bless them more than they can ever imagine, Lord. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church.